as always, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it, but I really want your help and do me a quick favour. Can you click subscribe or follow before you listen on? This means that as soon as a new episode drops, you get notified. Well, Craig, thanks very much for coming on. I appreciate you giving us some time. You're more than well, mate. Thank you very much. Um, so I always start every single podcast with the same thing, really, which is I like to put put that other person under a little bit of pressure. Okay. First question in, so I'm going to throw you into the deep end. All right, no worries. I'm going to give you a minute, minute and a half tops okay. just to take me from your life to this point, so beginning to where we are now. Okay. Hopefully what that will force you to do is touch upon anything that stands out in your mind about certain situations that have happened in your life. So yeah, you don't cool. have to go into a load of detail, it can be quite high level, but just a minute, minute and a half to go from kind of youth to this point. Okay. You up for the challenge? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool, well, take it away. Right, so, uh, yeah, so being a young age, I was never never good at school. Um, I was not naughty, but one of your cheeky chappies that sort of like, didn't really listen, didn't enjoy. So I literally left school at the age of fourteen. Yeah. Um, started working on a market as a normal, you know, uh, making extra money. Um, I, my mum was bringing three children up, me and two brothers. Uh, had a good life, you know. Um, went to college, uh, trained, become a bricklayer. So I've done that for three years. MVQ one and two. Uh, had a good career, good job, everything was going good. Um, yeah, I had uh, good friends and all that. And then out of the blue, I just started feeling a bit depressed in myself. Um, just didn't want to get up out of bed. Just felt really, really horrible. And it went on for months, but I never talked to anyone about it. I didn't go to the doctors, didn't speak to my mum, my friends. They didn't even notice. I, I covered it up. Uh, the way I covered it up was being loud, um, uh, just making people laugh and just being bubbly on the outside when deep inside I was literally dying, you know. Um, and I'll never forget it. I woke up uh, one morning. I, just, I weren't in a good place. I, I didn't even go to work that day. Just stayed in the bedroom. Mum said, are you all right? I said, yeah, I'm not feeling very well. Um, and then later on that evening, um, I think it was about half past six, um, I got in my car and I can't even remember the journey. You know, my head just must have just nervous breakdown or, or just went, you know. Um, can't remember getting in the car. I remember pulling up a, a motorway bridge um, and standing on top of a motorway bridge and I was like, right, have I got the balls to do this? And I looked down, and the first thing went through my mind was just imagine if I went through a car window and there had children or, or something, you know. Um, so I felt really guilty, so I got off the bridge. Next minute I know, I looked up, see a pylon. Can't remember climbing the pylon. Must have climbed the pylon, God knows how. Um, grabbed hold of the pylon, 33,000 volts. Um, literally blew my arm off. Uh, missed everything inside my body. Uh, blew both of my feet, literally burnt to a crisp. Um, and apparently I was lying unconscious in the field for about four hours. Um, I must have crawled to the side of the road about 50 yards. Can't remember any of it. Uh, and then collapsed on the side of the road. And I'll never forget, my neighbour found me. He, he finished work early, so this must have been... 
11 o'clock at night. Um, so my neighbour found me, uh, see the car first, see me lying on the side of the road, called an ambulance. I think the ambulance were there within 10 minutes, rushed me to Milton Kings. Um, they said, you know, he's too bad here. We, we need to get him over to Stone Mandeville. Um, so they were going to fly me to Stone Mandeville, but the heli port was not working or lighting up. So they rushed me in an ambulance, took me to Stoke Manorville, and they put me in a reduced coma for about a month and a half. Um, and I remember waking up first time with my arm gone, but I don't think I realised my arm had gone because I was so drugged up and very dazed, tubes everywhere. And I remember looking down at my feet and they were both wrapped up and I said, well, why are they wrapped up? And they said, oh, you know, you've been electrocuted. Um, I think we're going to try and save your feet. I said, can I have a look? And they said, I don't think you want to. I said, no, I want to have a look at my feet. And they, they unwrapped them. And I think I had like three toes on it. And it was absolutely like charcoal, like a log in a fire. And I thought, they ain't saving that. And then obviously went back into juice coma. Uh, I think two weeks later, I woke up. Um, and I think the first thing I see was a big picture of me on 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 a wall um, which made me laugh I, I was the first ever streaker at MK Dons yeah. um, it, was, it was a year before my accident I think I was bored I just wanted because they were getting so bad publicity because the Wimble uh, Wembley you know coming down to MK Dons nicking yeah. their player so I thought right I'll do that so I've done that for a laugh so I remember waking up seeing that uh, that could have gone two ways because obviously there's a big picture of me starfish um, but I just laughed and I thought, you know what, I'm still here. And and then I started coming out of the coma quite early. Um, and I remember, because my mum said, I think he's moving. They said, no, he's not going to wake up for another couple of days. But I did actually wake up and I remember pulling the tubes out. Uh, and I think it was me, Arnie, because my mum couldn't tell me that I'd lost, you know, two legs and an arm. Yeah. So my auntie told me. But I think there was that big thing, because obviously my depression... They thought, God, how is he going to deal with this now? You know, it can either go one way or the other. Um, but it, it was hard, and I thought, right, my life's going to be totally different now. I've got to try and live being disabled now for the rest of my life. How am I going to do this? I don't know. So they moved me back to Milton Kings Hospital, where um, I was put on a wall, because I had a private room at State Mountainville, big screen, it was lovely couple of friends and all family come round but then I got moved to um, traumatic ward in Milton Kings and that was an eye open I just burst out crying you know it was just it was horrible um, and then Abby walked in the room she was a physio assistant um, and she only lived down the road from where I live in Olney so she's Newport and because I was born and bred in Newport Pagnall she knew a lot of people I knew so that sort of helped me to sort of rebuild me as a person. Yeah. And then I was in there for about four months and I'll never forget, I went outside to have a, a cigarette and I was sitting in the wheelchair because they made me a special wheelchair. So it had a, a double thing. So if you went for the outside ring, it went right, left, inside ring, right, and then both together straightforward which was great in a hospital because it's all flat yeah so i've been going out and this 
bird literally shut all over me and I thought oh my god something lucky is going to happen to me then you <laughs> maybe know or maybe I'll not think, yeah I never yeah, really yeah. never really got <laughs> that <laughs> but um, then went back in because it was the day I was going I literally just had a, a bath which was hard enough trying to get in the bath with no limbs I didn't have legs at the time and uh, Abby was like you know can I have your number I was like yeah 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 she said I'd love to know how you're getting on you know we've got quite close as a friend um, that's all I thought it would be um, and then I went to Nutfield Oxford um, to to get my I mean she used to put uh, ice on my legs just to yeah. keep the swelling down after the operations and stuff like that so in to this day after 16 years nearly she's uh, in my phone as ice queen so, yeah. um, so I went to uh, State Manorville uh, sorry Nutfield um to learn to walk, and I, I'll never forget it. I, I, I had to do lots of exercise to toughen my arm up and my legs. And I put my legs on for the first time and stood up, and it was quite emotional, you know, being up high after nearly six months. And I tried to walk, and the pain was just phenomenal. And I thought, I just broke down. I thought, how am I, gonna, how am I even going to do this, you know? And I'll never forget the door opened. A bloke walked in smiling as you like, and he was a quadruple amputee. Wow. And I said, why are you so happy? He said, because I'm still here. And that five seconds of meeting him just changed my life forever. And I thought, if it, someone like that can do it, I can do it. Now, the doctor said it would take three and a half years to walk. I've done it in six weeks. And then um, and then I got a phone call, and it was Abby, and she said, uh, oh, I'm down at Nutfield to come and see you. And then from there, we sort of... It's off. Yeah, fell in love, got married... Had two beautiful children, and yeah, so I, I I come out of hospital in the May. Had a coming out party, big party, which was nice, and I was walking quite comfortably. Um, you know, it, it, it was tough, but I got on with it. Um, and I had a walking stick, so they said that I'd have a walking stick for the rest of my life. I think I threw it away in the first year, um, but it was the support and the friend. You know, they never treated me any different. And I needed that. And then why, so I ended up doing a, a charity walk around Olney for disabled children. I think I raised about £3,000 for them. And it was phenomenal. Cars were stopping, uh, taking buckets of money around to the, it was, it was brilliant, a good day. And then they decided, the charity who I was working for, the Operation Sunshine at the time, um, asked me if I'd like to go to the Bahamas. And I was like, oh yeah, that'd be nice. And they said, well, you know, we're going to, pay for your wife and your mum you've been through a lot um, and then we went out to the Bahamas for 14 days for two weeks and decided to get married out there on the beach wow so we got married out on the beach uh, October the 31st Halloween yep. so I'll never forget the date <laughs> anniversary yeah. and, that. and then we come back um, and then we had a, a blessing on the 11th of January uh, so her dad could give her away um, and stuff so that was nice and everything was going good, yeah. I mean, you know, I was married, um, had my friends and family all around me, and, and things were looking good. And then Norman Kitchener, who's a, a mate's, my best mate's uh, wife's dad, said, why don't you come down to bowls club and try bowls? And I was like, well, that's an old man's game, isn't it? He was like, yeah, forget the stigma on that, just come down, enjoy. And within six months, I was hooked. You know, and I was becoming really, really good at it, um, beating everyone in the club. 
Then I started playing county and national, getting in quarterfinal, <coughs> semi-final. I thought, you know what, this is I'm loving this. So I played that for like ten years, and that was a big part of me as dealing with. My... Sorry about that. That's all right, no silent. That's all right. I thought that was on silent. Um, yeah, so that was a big part of me, um, my rehabilitation, just to sort of like feel better in myself. And they, none of them treated me as disabled, none of them. Um, so I started able-bodied bowling first. Um, and obviously having the second name bowler, yeah, yeah. you can't write it, can you? And then someone got hold of me and said, would you join Disability Bowls England? And I was like, well... It's not really, you know, I'd rather play with able-bodied people, but I'll give it a go. And then within a month, month joining there, I'd done trials for the Home Nations, um, and I was selected straight away. Uh, we we beat Scotland on the home turf and Wales, uh, played indoor and outdoor for the Home Nations. Um, and then uh, done trials for the Commonwealth Power. Uh, there was 56 players. In the trials, uh, only two went through, so I was like, "Oh, you know, this is going to be." And my friends just play how you normally play, and um, yeah. So, and then on the twenty eighth of January this year, I, I got selected for um, the Power uh, Commonwealth Games, which is phenomenal. And you know, and, and with my story and everything else, you know, young men should talk with each other. You know, um, women do. Blokes, it's that stigma. It's not a, a a good thing, you know. Especially on a building site, you can't really open your feelings yeah. when you're in that sort of background. But um, I think it's getting better now. Um, you know, it takes a real man to cry and open up his feelings and talk about how he feels. Um, a wise man told me once: um, just imagine getting a present um, every day for a whole year, not opening the present, just sticking it in a cupboard every day for 20 years, that cupboard would just explode. And I think that that is what my head done. Because I weren't talking about my feelings, opening up, I was putting it into the back of my head. And then when something did happen, it just exploded. And yeah. I think that's what happened to me. So that takes you full, full from start to finish in terms of where you are now, which is looking forward to oh, competing for your country. Oh, big time. It's an amazing yeah. journey. And to have it on your home turf is just... Yeah. Phenomenal, and yeah. yeah. To be selected out of fifty-six players down to two um, shows, you know, if you put your mind to it, and you could do anything. So just just on that then, so that there's we've gone probably years and years then in the space of a few minutes, which is which is fair enough. I just want to dig into a couple of uh, of bits then. Um, so in terms of your kind of upbringing, mm. you mentioned you had a good upbringing, family and stuff like that. So what was what was kind of Young Craig, like, what was what was your kind of upbringing? Uh, all right. I mean, we lived in a little village. I had two older brothers, so we were quite close. Um, my upbringing was good. You know, we lived uh, next to a field, farmer over the road, so, you know, we were always playing on the farm, hay bales. I had a good life, a really good, you know, there was nothing that would have triggered it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Even yeah. looking back, you know, uh, all right, I didn't do well at school, but I didn't enjoy school. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't for me, um, and then I was doing. I was working at fourteen year old, trying to help my mum pay bills and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. So, were, what was your family set up then? So, you were you and your siblings uh, living with your mum? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So you got me and my two brothers and my mum. She had boyfriends in and out of life, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's weird because uh, 
she was uh, so Gary was my stepfather well not they weren't married but he, he was my mum's boyfriend so he brought me up from the age of three to seven yeah um, and then they split up and then they didn't see each other for I think 30 years or okay. something and then when I had my accident yeah he got in touch with my mum wow they fell in love again and they got married Thank you very much for supporting the podcast over the last sort of few months or so. Um, We're now getting thousands and thousands of downloads and views every single episode, but that is not all. Big news to come. We're looking for a sponsor for the podcast, and the reason for that is we're looking to take our thousands of downloaders and viewers to tens and hundreds of thousands of downloaders and viewers. So if you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, if you're a business owner that wants to get some extra exposure to thousands of people per week, please get in touch. Let's talk at thesilententrepreneur.co.uk. So they're together now. They're together now. Yeah. Wow, he's my stepdad. Yeah, yeah. So, so many different. Even just in this short bit here, there's so many interesting bits that a lot are kind of, goods, of parallels. And yeah, yeah, just, a lot of goods come out of my accident in yeah. a strange way. You know, you know, if I had a choice of my old, my old life, legs and arms, or this life being like this, I'd choose this life any day of the week. Which is what I want to get into, really. I think that you know when we go through this interview today, that, that'll be the points that I really want to try and bring out as well with, with what we're asking for people to listen to, because that I think that statement there, people at this early stage might not really understand that. But I think yeah. when we go through and we talk about some elements, I think it'll be... So did you have any... What was your sort of dad's influence when you were younger? Uh, shit, he buggered off, left my mum with three kids. Um... I don't think he dealt with the relationship split up, so he ended up moving up north to a place called Burnley. Okay. Um, so I didn't see my dad or anything to do with him for probably 35 years. Really? Wow. Are you in contact now? I am now, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that because of the accident as well? Or? Yes. Yeah, yeah he, he got involved and I thought, you know, after my accident, I didn't want no hate for someone. Yeah. Um, I never forgive him for what he's done. Um, you know, I've got children. That's like me walking out. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that that's what he chose. He regrets it now. But I've always said to him he can make it up with his grandchildren now. Um, I see him twice a year, but that that's pretty much it. I mean, there's not, you know, he's my dad at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and it was probably all right to find out where, where I come from. That was a big part of my uh, gap in my life I suppose not knowing where I really come from but yeah. obviously my so mom. did you go and seek that out or was uh, that did he come to no, you no he come to get... me after my accident so... do you think if the accident would have happened you would have no nah. no 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 probably not no no he tried before and I was like I'm not interested yeah but I was like 18 at the time you know I was more hurt than anything yeah you know, waiting at the window, him promising to come and see us when I was like three or four and never turning up. Yeah. Um, it's a vague memory to me, but my other two brothers remember that very well. Are they older? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've got a middle one, Stuart, who's every 40, he's 46 now. Yeah. And then my older brother, he's 50 this year. And do they have a relationship with your dad as well? No, Nigel's no. got a different dad. Okay. So um, my mum met, uh, my mum had Nigel when she was 16 yeah. and then my dad took Nigel and my mum on Okay. and then uh, yeah so what was it like growing up with two older brothers it was alright yeah Yeah. well Nigel was a little bit older so we had his own friends cars and do you know yeah. what I mean where Stuart I was very close with all the way up to 
till about 12 and then it, he got his mates and didn't want his younger brother hanging around. Tagging around, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But I just tagged around with his friends anyway, which are my friends now. Yeah. You know. So you said you left school at 14. So you pretty didn't really much. get on with school, just just not interested. I mean, very much like me, really. I, as soon as I could get out of school, I wanted to. Other than seeing your mates and stuff, I just didn't see the benefit yeah, of sitting there studying all the time and I wanted to do something practical and get mm. out there and experience stuff. Was that, what was your kind of... I just didn't enjoy school. I mean, I was dyslexic, so and that was never um, looked at or anything growing up. I mean, growing up in the eighties, it weren't really sort of a thing like nowadays. They pick it up quite quickly, don't they? So I think I just rebelled against all that. So one day you came home and said, "Mum, I've had enough of this." Well, yeah, and then it sort of went down. Well, well, I got expelled. To be fair. Um, not many people know that. Um, I got expelled at 12 years old. Okay. Um, and then I went to a naughty boys school. Do you mind me asking what you got expelled for? Just, I think it was fight. I don't like bullies. I never have done. So when the bullies pick on someone, I ended up beating the bullies up. And then I was classed as a rogue. Yeah. Where I wasn't. I was just... You thought you were doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, sticking up for yourself. And I'll probably and all that do stuff, it yeah. even now. You know, I yeah. hate bullies. And I, I, I'm the first one to jump in or, or do something do you yeah. know what I mean I mean that's why I got blown big scar down my face because I jumped in on her tell me about that uh, well that was this, that was probably actually that was probably looking back now was the turning point that my head went I think what negative getting yeah okay so so, so we were we were. so how old you when you got that scar uh, after I you was, left school yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so I was 20 so when was my accident Two. 27 I was so 27, 27 I think I was 25 years old yeah um, so I've got a mate everyone's got one of their mates that just drinks too much right yeah. he's small um, always bumping into people picking up someone else's beer you yeah. know it was but um, I think he fell into someone the bloke turned around punched him so I got up knocked him out then I think about half an hour later, there was a tap on my shoulder. I looked round, the bloke's got That's 12 it, inch yeah. kitchen eyes and just went straight Jeez. in my face. Went straight through for 72 stitches. I think 32 on the outside and then inside as well. Um, and I think that was probably the turning point for me that really, because I was quite a pretty boy, yep. looked after myself. Um, and I think that scar really affected me. Affected how you carry yourself, confidence. I think so, the but then yeah. I hid it because obviously, yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, maybe that was the turning point that just exploded. So do you think then? So you kind of left left school at fourteen. Accident happened at twenty five. You said yeah. twenty five, twenty six. So it's like a eleven. One of the things I was really interested in finding out was kind of, you know, you're in a, you know, mentioned in previous interviews you've done and stuff when we've done some research on it in terms of that your sort of depressive state that mm. led you to. Obviously, that that evening when you when you decided to climb the climb the pole. So, what what do you th- was it something that happened in that 10, 11 year period? Do you think it was like a culmination of a load of events after you got Might stabbed in the face with that knife that kind of got you to a position where you were feeling in such a bad place that you couldn't deal with it anymore? Pretty much. I mean, I can't pinpoint like the stuff that's happened. Yeah, but yeah, little bits and. I think I was I was doing a lot of building work and I knew our work was coming to an end so it was trying to find work and I think with the stress of that plus with everything else yeah I think it just literally exploded do you know what I mean yeah so maybe a lot of little things plus that maybe yeah but if were I you feeling like t- that for a long time 
Yeah, I think so. Was it sort of I didn't think quick? I was at the yeah. time, but when I look back, yeah. I probably was, and just hit it by going out and just being a joker and, and, and messing around and, you know, being the loud Craig that I was, you know, but deep inside I was just, I was literally dying. And I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, I don't think, the so, way I was. So being. in that lead up to when you, when that happened, and mm. we'll go into that sort of, so I know you touched upon it already, but we'll go into a bit more detail in a minute, but what was kind of, the, can you remember like a, was there any specific moment leading up to that where you thought this is, you know, it was like, you know, like your darkest time or... Probably when I got stabbed in the face. I think that was quite a, a bad time for me. Yeah. Um, but then I just put everything to the back of my head again. Um, so what about it was, I mean, other than the obvious that you got stabbed in the face, that's a, that's a, big, a big trauma, but physically, that's a big trauma. Mentally, how did that affect you? I think it really affected me. I mean, because I was more, like I say, I was quite a pretty boy and, you know, I had fun in my, in my kids, you know, going out partying, yeah. meeting girls and all that sort of stuff. So when when you get that trauma in your face and, and, and you're worried about, I mean, the scar means nothing to me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. that's, that's in the past. I mean, I can't change the past. Yeah. Um, but, yeah... From probably, it's hard to pinpoint it. Do you know what I mean? Because can you remember like maybe like the darkest memory of how you were feeling at that time? So after you got stabbed in the face, can you remember any times where you felt like you couldn't be well, yeah, here anymore? Yeah, probably before. like a year before. Because I mean, not 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 many people know this. What I'm going to say now. Um, actually, I don't think anyone knows it because I haven't really talked about it. But probably a year before my, or six months before my accident, well, not accident, what I'd done. Yeah. Um, I sat in my car down a lay-by, down a lane, and put a hose pipe up the tube. And I think that was my turning point where I wanted to do it. Yeah. And then I thought about, that didn't work. I just stunk a petrol on my car for the next six months. Yeah. Um, and then I was gonna, I even looked up in the loft to, to try and hang myself. And then I felt guilty that my mum would walk in and find me. Um, to what? Just to draw back on the when you tried to sort of gash yourself as such on a lay-by. Mm. What was it that ticked something in your the switch something in your head to think I'm going to go and do that now? So I think that that's that's an element where people listening to this might struggle to follow the thought process because you know, for me personally, I, I'm I think you know. Everyone goes through stuff in their life. It's all relative to your yeah, life, yeah, isn't it? Course. One person's significant thing could be something's meaningless to somebody else, vice versa. Mm. I don't know, and I, and I said this before you come on with me and Kim were talking, was I don't know if I'd ever been in a position where I think I could... I think a lot of people contemplate doing stuff. A lot but of, actually doing it yeah, is completely yeah. different. Yeah. And I've not got any experience in actually trying to end my own life. Mm. But I don't know if I would have the balls to do that. And I suppose you don't know until you're there. But ha what was the much. trigger that made you think, I'm going to go and plug that hose pipe in and go and shove that into the window. Like, what is, what what flipped the switch from can't do this anymore to I'm actually going to end it? I don't know. I mean, I had another traumatic experience as a young person, and I think that was how I just dealt with stuff. And because it's always got right, basically, I was 14 years old, 
And we were stupid. Uh, so I was at the naughty boy school. Yeah. And I said to my mate's going to come over. No, he's not. He's, I'm not having a, a friend's day. Yeah. She said, I've just got a funny feeling something's going to go wrong. I just don't want someone staying. So I didn't listen to my mum, as you do. So I brought David back with me. Um, and like an idiot, we went to a petrol station and we started sniffing petrol. Just something stupid. I was yeah. 14, absolutely. Don't even know where I got the idea from. Yeah. So we're there sniffing it, getting sort of quite from the fumes, you know, absolutely stupid things to do. And we spilt a bit on the floor. And I'll never forget, we got up and we're like, shit, you know, people were walking past. So we lit a match to burn burn it, right? And then obviously that drew attention. Yeah. You know, I was 14 years old. I yeah. might have been 13 actually, 13 yeah. or 14. And then uh, we were like, right, so we were trying to stamp it out. Didn't realise my mate had covered himself by accident. Right, okay. He went up, he was wearing a shell suit. Yeah. And he he seventy five percent burnt. Wow. And that that dealt that probably put in all that behind. I think with everything that's happened, it's always gone back to David. He won't talk to me. Um it was a complete accident. I burnt all my hands, you know, I was 13, 14 years old. It really, really affected me. I mean, yeah. it's hugely. Did you hold yourself responsible? Yeah. Is that why? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt guilty. And is that how he feels? Probably. Um, but we had a school reunion and he, he didn't turn up. He said, Look, I know what's happened to Craig, but I can't. And I think through my life, all that, that gap, I still struggle with that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But that's something that... What part of it do you struggle with, specifically? Just the fact that he got so burnt and I walked away. Do you know what I mean? Right. And he's blocked me on everything, you know. I can, I've tried tracking him down, but he just... He's not interested. And, and I think the guilt and the hurt for many years, like I say, putting things behind, not talking about it. I didn't even yeah. talk about it with my friends. Just something that happened and, and it was forgotten. But I've I've never even to this day I've never forgotten. Do you know what I mean? I think and, it's one of those things that stays with you. Yeah, it would never go. And And is it was that is that was that in anywhere in your mind when you were down mind. that lay by? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is weird because it's all sort of fitting together. It's good to talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, together, um, it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was being a fourteen 13, 14, you know, that, that was where it probably all went wrong. Why are you looking, so, other than the obvious, you're looking to get, you know, you want, you would like to get back in touch with him. And what would, so if, if you, if he was to listen, if he was listening to this podcast now, because you never know, yeah. what would you want to say to him? Just that, you know, it, I just felt so guilty and I'll always feel guilty. It was a total accident and if I could turn back time, I would, um, and just to talk to me, do you know what I mean? Because that would help me as a person. But I, I get why he don't, and he still blames me to this day, I think. You know, uh, at least with me, it's, it's... But, yeah, being 75% burnt is not... It's not good. And I think that that I struggled with that. You know, they asked if I wanted counselling. I said, no, I can... I, you know, it's just... And I think I just put everything to the back of my mind that day. And I think a lot of the stuff where I was so depressed was, that was the trigger point, I think. Do you think that's the, that was the starting point then? Pretty you? much, definitely. So a lot of people have a, I mean, I'm not going to profess to be a, a specialist <laughs> no, in psychology no. or anything like that. So no, 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 no. But 
you know you read a lot of stuff you speak to a lot of people and and it's it's there's always a reason why someone behaves inherently behaves in a certain way whether it's upbringing or whether it's parents or whether it's yeah, yeah, yeah. you know a trigger event that's happened when they were younger yeah. when you're 13 14 if i look back to when i was 13 14 you know a lot of the lads you know, we used to go into woods set fires drink you know that, that that's the sort of thing that could have happened very easily yeah no i'm sure there's people listening to this that didn't do that when they were 13 or yeah, 14 yeah, or, it's all generational isn't it like yeah um, you wouldn't you wouldn't you know nowadays they're all interested in social media and getting online Pretty um much. but I, I look back to that and there was plenty of times where when i when i look back just now mm. there could be significant risk that could happen to anybody in reality yeah. i know it's bad that it happened to you and him but that could yeah, have happened yeah. to anyone yeah no it could and um i think it's just the guilt yeah. you know even though it, well, it wasn't my fault but i lit the match but i didn't know he was covered in petrol you know it was just it was just a complete accident but yeah and then i think growing up i always had that in it, there's never a day where i don't think about him yeah and it was just eating me up i think and then, and then, yeah, and then it got to the point that, you know, he's obviously not wanting, and I, I get that, if that's what Is he, that hard for you? Is that the point you find hard to deal with? The fact that he just doesn't want to know? Pretty much, yeah, because I, I can't apologise, you know what I mean? Even though it wasn't my fault, it was both of our fault. We, we, we You're both there, and yeah. Yeah, it was just one of them, you know, I'm not blaming him, and he, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just one of them things. But that, that was probably... One, that was probably the t- with my depression. I think that's yeah. when, at a young age, being depressed. Um, but then I, I become a clown, this loud and proud and covering it all. Cover it up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think, back then when you were doing all of that, was that because that was how you dealt with it? You just didn't put much. it to the back of the mind and just be a joker? Or was it kind of... Because a lot of people say back then, you know, no support for sort of... There's no one talking about feelings people's mental health especially in men and stuff like that so did yeah. you how was this what was the support like when you were going through that oh, no support whatsoever you know um i think i was asked if i wanted to speak to a counselor and i was like well no that's not gonna at the time you know being a young man probably just going through puberty you know um it weren't a thing to do but yeah i mean there was nothing really with mental health and stuff like that you know especially now it's starting to be a lot more uh, looked at and, and, and stuff. So what? So we'll get into the mental health side of it in a minute because I know you're doing some positive things at the moment mm-hmm. to kind of really push the envelope on that, which which I think we definitely need to talk about a bit later on because there's some fantastic work you're doing at the moment. I think it's only going to get more as your exposure in the world gets more with your, yeah, your yeah. bowls and stuff like that as well. Um, how did... So when, when that happened, what happened with like family and stuff like that? So if you're the kind... It sounds like you are have been kind of the full guy for that particular yeah. accident how did that affect you like mum brothers did they you know what was the support network so you didn't have, really have any support from you know any, anything that was available in society but what was it like in terms of your family like did they go against you were they for you Not were they really what was the... I mean it was sort of like it weren't really talked about you know um, I think my brother had a go at me because I used his coat to put him out that was, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah yeah. you know um and that would always stick with me, you know, not that, oh, you all right, you know, he was annoyed that I used his jacket. But, um, yeah, it weren't really talked about, to be fair. You to talk about it now? Not really. Nah. I don't know why. What do you think? Do you think that's you not wanting to talk Probably about it? Be. Or them? Thinking it's an awkward Bit topic? Bit of both, maybe. Bit of both there. Because um, I think that's quite interesting when you talk about mental health. Like I said, we'll go to, onto it more in detail in a bit, but... 
it, there's two sides to it. You know, people have this phrase now where it's good to talk, you need to talk. But for me, it's kind of a bit of a buzzword comment, isn't it? Sometimes it's not yeah. easy to talk. No, it's sometimes, not easy Sometimes you know someone's struggling and you're waiting for them to talk and it's like, well, actually you've got a responsibility if you know that someone's struggling to maybe open up the conversation yeah. around it so they feel comfortable to talk because they might not have the strength to talk about what they want to talk about just off the bat. Yeah. Um, it's like getting into a lift. You get into a lift, you've got choice. You either have a conversation with someone that's in there and ask them how they are or you have an awkward two minutes. It's a lot less <laughs> yeah. awkward to walk into a lift and go, hey, mate, good day, yeah? What are you up yeah. to? You know, and open up a conversation and then you have a pleasant experience and there's no awkwardness or you get in, you look to the floor and think, crikey, this is the longest two minutes of my life. Mm. But it's like, it's not just that one person's responsibility, I think, with mental health. No, to, it's not. Um, it, it works People close need to engage. Yeah, 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 no, totally. And since having my accident, people seem to feel, feel that they're quite open with me, you know, and they they come up to me or they tell me, you know, because I stand out more than your average person, yeah, you know. So yeah. um, people do open up to me a lot, um, which is nice. Um, but yeah, no, with, with, with the David thing, um, I mean, there's close friends I, I, I talk about to it. Yeah. Um, they understand, obviously. Um, but then, like I say, now you can't dwell on the past because you can't change the past, yeah. you know. Um, it was awful, yeah, don't get me wrong, but I've got to try and... Do better and be better person, and and so you got something people. good to give back now. Like there's a real, Pretty you know, much. because of those bits, maybe mm. that element of guilt. You want to try and make up for that by yeah, doing definitely. good and putting some good back into. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And if I can help other people, then it's you know I'll be an open book. I, I've got nothing to hide. I've got nothing, you know. Um, it's been a long time since I talked about David. Um, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, it's nice. I feel a bit better. It's like a weight's been lifted yeah. off just to chatting with you with it. Yeah. So it goes to show, you know, that little five minutes of talking about that yeah. has actually made me feel a lot better in myself. Yeah. Um, but deep down, obviously, it, it, it's something that I'll probably have to live with the rest of my life. But to be open and talk about it, you're not you're not putting it in the back of your mind and your brain's not going to explode. like putting a present in the box. Yeah. You know, so you mentioned you had a couple of times where you kind of, you know, you lay by bits and you were thinking about going up to the loft and it kind of stopped you because of the guilt of your mum finding you and stuff like Not that. Not many people know that either. I think you're the first person that I've actually talked about. Does your mum know that? No. Okay. No. What do you think she'd say hearing you say that? I wouldn't want her to know. To be fair, she went through a lot while I was in hospital, do you know what I mean? Yeah. She still struggles with me being like this. But she knows I'm happier. But she mentally, she she had a nervous breakdown. But that was what I was interested in really asking you about as well. Is with everything that's gone on generally, obviously we'll dig into the nights of that that event in a bit more mm. detail and what you can remember and stuff like that and what you're doing now in a bit. But how do you think that that these these events, whether it be the David thing, whether it be you know other kind of triggers that have happened and events that have happened in your life, how has that affected your nearest and dearest, like your mum? Um. It's probably affected her a lot, I would have thought. Um, well, especially after my accident. I mean, she's on antidepressants now because of it. And I feel guilty for that because I've put her through so much crap. Um, but I'm the youngest and she'll always, I'll always be her baby. You know, I see my mum two or three times a week. I'm cl very close with my mum. Yeah. Um, but I feel guilty for that, for, for putting her through it. But at the time when I'd done what I'd done, I thought I was doing everyone a favour. I mean, some people say it could be quite selfish trying to take your own life. Um, but 
at that time in that dark place, I thought everyone else was better off without me. See, I think that's that as an area where I personally want to listen and learn about how that comes about. Because mm. I think if anybody's like me listening to this, when it goes out, is the struggle to understand, not just struggle to understand how I would be in that position and how I don't understand and compute how I would go and do something like that. As in, mm. I don't think I'd ever have the balls or the strength to say that's what I'm going to do. But how things can be that bad that you think the only way out is mm. to just get rid of the problem, which is me. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever, I mean, look, everyone has dark times, but I don't think I've ever been in that position personally. And I'm sure there's people listening to this. Yeah, I'm sure there's people listening to this that have. Mm. And I know, I know from speaking to a lot of people to do with the podcast since day one, there's a lot of people that struggle with their mindset and their, they have depressive tendencies. They've got depression, they're on pills, they're getting counseling. A lot of people that listen to this will have felt those feelings. Mm. Like, can you just explain that? transition from kind of going from obviously you've had things that have happened in your life to deciding and, and and computing with your own mind that that's the only way out well it's hard it's hard because when i was standing on the motorway bridge i had control of my mind because yeah. obviously i didn't have the balls to do it because i didn't want to hurt anyone yeah so when i've looked up at that pylon i was that low my head i can't even remember doing that next stage. can you remember standing and looking up at that pylon um, yes, I remember that. So talk to me about that. What, what are you thinking? What's going through your mind? What's um, so when I, I thought, you know, have I got the balls to do this? I mean, it takes a lot of balls to actually climb up. Um, so you knew standing there then, looking up, that you wanted to do it. Yeah, but then I can't remember unless it's my brain telling me not to remember that situation. Yeah, um, I do talk about it a lot. I mean, you know, I'm quite open about. You know, but I ain't got a clue how I climbed up it. And not just climbing up it, you got to go around barbed wire as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's, I must have been so... Strange that you can't so, remember the climb. You no, know, you can't... Can't remember the climb, can't remember touching it. So my, literally, with all my life from the David moment all the way up to, you know, me being started, uh, uh, being on the bridge, which I still remembered... Um, but I couldn't remember the drive to the bridge. Right, okay. Do you know what I mean? I can't even remember that. Yeah. Um, don't know if it's your mind blanking it out or whether it's well, it because be. of the accident, you've lost it, memory, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I don't well, you know. don't want to remember. Well, maybe that. Yeah. I mean, I try and remember. Uh, Can you, you know. remember the day before? No. Um, vaguely, I was at work. Um, How are you feeling? That day before, shit, like, yeah, really bad. Um, Can you remember specifically what was shit and what was bad? Not really. What was making you feel that way? Thank you very much for supporting the podcast over the last sort of few months or so. Um, we're now getting thousands and thousands of downloads and views every single episode, but that is not all. Big news to come. We're looking for a sponsor for the podcast. And the reason for that is we're looking to take our thousands of downloaders and viewers to tens and hundreds of thousands of downloads and viewers. So if you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, if you're a business owner that wants to get some extra exposure to thousands of people per week, please get in touch. Let's talk at thesilententrepreneur.co.uk. I just, I don't think I, lo I, I like the person I was becoming. Right. Um, and I think... That was a big part. I, I fell out with a, a lot of close mates. Um, I think at the time I was doing 
cocaine, smoking a lot of weed. So yeah. that didn't help with yeah. my mind. Um, and then I think I just literally went cold turkey for like five months after. And I think doing the cold turkey obviously just just really affected my brain. Do you know what I mean? Um, I weren't like a proper druggie, you know. Yeah. I, I went out, and dabbled a little bit, you know. You know, I'm not saying drugs are good because they're not. Um, and I think just coming off them like I did, I think that that was another trigger point for for me to feel that shit and that bad. So if that if that put you in that point the day before, did you know what you were going to do the day before? Had you did you did no. you did you? I know it sounds weird, but did you plan it? Did no. you just wake up and think? Yeah, I'm doing that. I just woke up and said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. Do you know what I mean? So, And a large amount of that was because you felt you were becoming someone that was... That I didn't like. Right. So yeah. you thought, get rid of the problem. Pretty much. I mean, that was the only... I'm just trying to go through them yeah, 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 and course. really try and understand. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've tried to understand it for a long time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's good talking about it, obviously, yeah. sitting here with you. Uh, um, I don't even think... Yeah, I literally woke up that day and I didn't go to work. And I was, my mum knew something wasn't right with me. I mean, she, she was um, literally ill with worry. But then I didn't talk to her, you know. Yeah. I just said, you know, I'm all right. I'm just not feeling well. Mum's no. Yeah, because they see through her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so it, it was literally that day I, I was thought, right. I didn't even think about climbing a fire alarm. I just, right, I'm going to go to a bridge and just jump off. And that was from that morning. Any particular reason why you fought a bridge? Uh, for not walking in front of a train or... I didn't have the balls what, to do I mean? that for some reason. I didn't have the balls to, to, to step out in front of a train. Yeah. I don't think I... My body would have let me. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And then when I got onto the bridge, it was the same sort of thing. It was like, you shouldn't be doing this. Do you say you don't remember climbing up? I can't remember climbing up. Do you think you wanted to do it then? I know you did it, so you must have. Well, you know, yeah. Your mind must have taken you there. but well, like, I must have. Um, there must be something in there that was computing, though. You've, you've decided not to do it in a certain way because, like you said, you thought about the other people. Well, yeah. If you, you, if you jump, if you jumped in front of a car and someone died, you don't want, you know. No. You I didn't want to do that. No. So, it must have been uh, really focused on you then, versus you, you wanted to. You wanted to end your life. Yeah. But you didn't I mean, want to affect it, everybody else. Yeah. Um, other people. Yeah. But when then I looked over at the pylon, I remember standing at the bottom of the pylon. I remember looking up, but I can't remember climbing it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That, that's and and my brother's like, yeah, you can. I'm like, I can't. Do you know what I mean? I'd say it if I remembered. Yeah. But I can't remember climbing it. I can't remember grabbing it. I can't remember falling. So I when mean, you remember looking up, were you scared? No, I don't no. think there was anything no, there, thought, mate. No. no, no, it was literally. I don't think I had control. Were you sober? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was driving, so I'd never drink drive, even yeah. in the state I was in. I was never a drinker anyway. Yeah, growing up, you know, all my mates got drunk, and I ended up being taxi for them and making sure they're all safe and back home and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah, it's just that standing at the bottom of the pylon to climbing up. So your next memory after that. So you've obviously done it. You've gone and put your yep. hand on. You put your right uh, right hand on the pylon. Yes. Well, thirty three thousand. Yeah, I don't know if it would have jumped or I would have <coughs> grabbed it because it was so Depending powerful. Depending how close you get away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, so all thirty three thousand volts has gone shooting through your body. Literally. And it's probably thrown you off of it or yeah. fried you to a crisp or whatever, and then thrown you down to the ground quite away. 
Yeah, it's probably. Be a good 20. Foot. Yeah, it's going to be 25, 30 foot, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I shattered this bone. Um, what do they call it? What's this bone? Hardest oh, bone to break. Is that a femur, is it? Is it femur? Don't know. Don't know. Thigh bone, no thigh idea. bone. Yeah, I wish I'd listened, listened yeah, to the yeah, signs yeah. at school. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> My wife would be able to tell me. Yeah, she was a uh, yeah. So that I've got a pole in this leg now, and that was because of the drop. For the drop, so I must have landed. So, what was your next? What do you remember after that? So, uh, next I remember memory. waking up and screaming, shouting. Still there. Yeah, at the bottom. Yeah, you said that you like scraped yourself to roadside, I, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. So the, the road was probably about fifty yards, thirty yards. Okay. In the middle of nowhere or public? Pretty or? much, no, in the yeah. middle of a, a back sort of road from Newport to, to Gaia, so it's okay. back street there. Um, and what was, so you said you were screaming, so is it is that what is that just shock, pain? What's the what, uh, what's the emotions there? Probably shock and pain, I suppose. I mean, the pain would have been phenomenal, but I can't remember that pain. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, and God knows how I tried. Did I try and stand up? Did I? I can't remember none of that. I literally remember dragging myself and then just passing out and you do remember cool. dragging yourself I remember yeah I don't know how I done it but I must have done it yeah I think I think I was doing it and then passing out with the pain I think the pain was that bad it literally your body just shuts down doesn't it so I think I was going through through all that um, you mentioned you were there a while before you four were four hours I think yeah, four hours. What was it? Summer, winter? No, it was January the 16th, 2007, so winter. Cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. So, I don't know if I died that night or not, you know? It's, it's weird. Did I... Was it the cold that survived me? Was it... It's weird, because... Do you think about that? Why Why? Why did I survive? What's the... Oh, yeah, all, all the time. Yeah. All the time. I mean, I mean, I think it was six years ago, there was... I don't know if you see it on the news, there was a jogger... And he was jogging through um, a field and there was a wire and he stood on the wire, killed him. And that was only 12,000 volts, you know, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm triple that. You know, what? why did I survive it? Who knows? I must be here for a reason. You know, so, yeah, I think about that all the time. And that's why I've been given a second chance of life. Yeah. And that is why I'm just so positive and I'm doing the stuff that I'm doing now. It sounds strange. You mentioned in that first couple of minutes that you woke up and your first memory was you looking at a poster of you streaking at MK Dons, which is fair <laughs> enough for that, by the way. It takes a lot of balls to do that. Yeah, literally. it certainly did. Literally, no, it literally <laughs> did. Uh, um, so what? So who put that up there? What was? Uh, you must have had conversations about that with like family, whoever was. Well, my really auntie done it. She just yeah. thought it would be a good thing because you're a bit of a jack the lad and just pretty much. It, yeah. um, That's the uh, last thing you'd think about waking up and seeing, wouldn't it? No, I'm not seeing it. Hang on, let me get it up. Hang on. Obviously, it's covered up. Obviously, I had to cover it up with a. I had to because obviously I'll take a photo of it. I can't put it on my media with, yeah, with, yeah. with that out. So I had to put a bit of tissue over it and then take a photo. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, that was my character at the time. Yeah. Even though deep inside I was, I was dying, you know, um, and I think that was. I'm not going to unsee this photo, am I? <laughs> she wants to look you know you want to have a look now is, um, she wants to look <laughs> that's mega that isn't it that's, yeah, um, yeah that's cool that you're in good shape there as well I was right yeah yeah I was always Looking in well. the gym and, and yeah. stuff so did you want to have that 
No. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was my sort of personality. But deep inside, I was literally dying. But doing stuff like that sort of like threw everyone off. It's yeah. like Robbie Williams. Yeah. Look yeah. at him, you know, the actor, phenomenal actor, yeah. always laughing, always joking. Yeah. Absolutely. And more money than God, you know, and he ended up doing what he done. And yeah, it's, it's, see, you don't know, it can affect anyone really. Um, but yeah. So you woke up, you saw, the, saw this picture. Yeah. I've got a question for you. Go so when you woke up, were you disappointed? No. I was happy. I smiled because I was alive. Complete change from when you, before yeah. you'd done it. Yeah, yeah. Because you've done it, you're climbing the thing. I know you don't remember it, but you're subconsciously doing it. You've, you've yeah, not yeah, planned yeah. it, but you've gone and had the ball, and you've gone and done it. So yeah. you wanted to do it yeah. and end it. Obviously, you don't want to affect other people, so you've done it in a way that is just you sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But then you've woken up, and there's a complete... You've not even been awake. There's no thinking. You just woke yeah. up, and you're immediately happy. Is pretty, that how it works? Yeah, pretty much. Um, all right, I was a bit gutted, but... I knew that I had the support and the family. You didn't know at that point that you'd lost your limbs? Is, is that all that you'd taken in in the first few moments? Yeah, I don't or? think I knew, because I remember when I woke up and that, I think you forget that bits, because you're so high on drugs. Right. Uh, with the morphine and everything. And um, I, I, I remember, um, then I was like, can you pull me up, up the bed? My legs are hanging over. But obviously, my legs weren't hanging over because yeah, yeah. I didn't have any. So the feelings were still there. So you um, could feel at that point. What's you that? Could, you felt. I felt you, my legs were hanging you off. The bed. Was, you had legs yeah, there. So yeah, so they, they, they call it phantom pains. Right, okay. So it feels like your limbs are still there. Because your mind it, that it doesn't know what's happened, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it took me probably 12 years before. Because you know, you have little dreams and all that when you're sleeping and stuff. I, I had my limbs. Yeah. And that went on for about 12 years. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Um, so how long after that did you meet Abby then? So uh, so I was putting a juice coma for about a month, month and a half. So I met Abby probably in the February. So Abby's now your wife, but She's was doing physio. Assistant. Assistant assisting with your physio and stuff yeah. through the process. So is that quite early early doors? Yeah, that, start, was, that was pretty much sort of like, well, the accident was January the 16th, so I would have been... <clears throat> State man of all for about a month and a half, so that would have took you to about. So it might have been the beginning of March. I met Abby. Um, I think she said she heard me before she met me. <laughs> uh, zooming in in the wheelchair, but um, yeah, it was. Did you hit it off straight away? Um, in your eyes, because yeah, no, usually we did. The, it's usually the guy that thinks something before the woman, isn't it? Yeah, Sometimes. no, I didn't. I, I didn't think a twenty-one-year-old's going to be interested in a twenty-seven-year-old yeah. that's got no limbs and arms. You know, that, that yeah. didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, you know, um, I thought I'd never uh, find someone again. But that was the last thing on my mind anyway. Yeah. You know, my concentration was to get to learn to walk. Um, you know, I, I met someone in, in, in Milton Kings and he'd suffered depression. Um, was this the chap that had, that had lost all? No, 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 no. this no. is someone else. So he, okay. that, that bloke I met was in Nutfield right. uh, coming to do a talk because I think they asked him to come in to come and see me. Right, okay. Looking yeah. back at it, um, just to give me that sort of, and it, it worked, you know, yeah. uh, that changed literally my life, how I dealt with myself. Yeah. 
Um, oh, I can't remember the bloke's name, but he was opposite me and he'd, he'd lied on the train track. Okay. But he lied the wrong way. So the train, Which is the right way or the wrong way? Well, I don't know. Well, the train <laughs> went over his legs. Right, okay. Instead of his top half. Right, okay. So where he was lying down, it's obviously run over his legs. So he survived, but he's yeah, just Yeah, no, he did survive. Yeah. Um, and he was quite, you know, I tried to talk with him, but he was very sort of, didn't want to really talk. And then I remember his legs coming in and he wouldn't get in them. And I'm, I'm so angry with him because he's got his legs there. Why aren't you, you know, trying? Yeah. At least, you know, I'm there waiting for my legs. Yeah. Um, and I think he struggled. He didn't end up doing his legs. And then he left hospital. They give him a whole three months of medication. He went home, took an overdose. Really? And it, it ended him. But I think with him and how his depression was, I think it was going to happen. He was going to do it no matter what. Where with mine, I was going to do it. But then I had a second chance at life. So, yeah. But it's weird because like, Back in the eighteen hundreds, they used to shock the brain for depression. Okay. And the doctors rang because it was such a high voltage, it got rid of my depression. Because I was never really depressed afterwards. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I was going to ask that whether you had kind of those sort of feelings nowadays, every now and again, or no? Whatever. I mean, I think it was because it was such a roller coaster. Meeting Abby, trying for a family. Um, that sort of took over my life. So yeah. I didn't really have time to think about... Think too much, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think when Max was born, uh, 2012, I started feeling a bit down in myself again. And I thought, no, this... this Similar much, feelings to before. A little, but not as, yeah. as severe as that. This time. Yeah. But yeah, and I thought, right. So I went to the doctors and he said, look, Craig, he said, what's happened? You've gone through so much. You've met Abby. You've got, you know, you've had a, like a, a whirlwind. And now, because we tried for Max for four years having a kid, that was hard in itself. Yeah. And then when he was born, he said, you know, and then you've started to feel a bit down. He said, look, try antidepressants. So tried them and it made me feel better. Like antidepressants is a chemical in your head that you lose. So with this antidepressant, it gives you that chemical back to okay. make you feel better in yourself. Now, I was on the tablets for, uh, I think, six years. Was it six years? No, five years. They were working, and then uh, then it got to the point where you got sadness, a thin line, and then you got happiness. I was always that thin line. It was never, you know, like, really happy, really sad. It was sort of in the middle. Yeah. So I decided for myself to come off them. So I come off them a month and a half ago. And I'm way up there now. It's changed. Even the wife said, God. There's mixed reviews on. I mean, I've never taken them, but I've know, I know people that have been on antidepressants that haven't been on them, that really struggled on them. They've kind of, you know, made them feel a bit numb in mm. terms of their life. Like they're not feeling anything. And then yeah. they've can't, but, but it's keeping them in the middle, but they're yeah, not having it. any you know, happiness and ecstasy or yeah. they're not really feeling really low, they're kind of just forced to kind of keep it. Was it a positive? Do you think the tablets work for... They worked for a bit. Yeah. They'd done what they needed to do, I think. And then things were looking good and positive in my life and I was more happier. Yeah. I think that chemical at the time helped me. Yeah. Um, and then now it's sort of... Uh, now I've come off them, it's not that thin line anymore. It's It's, it's up here and I'm not down here anymore so what would you say to people listening to this that are struggling a little bit and thinking shall I go to the doctor shall I not 
what 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 advice would you give? If someone's struggling and feeling down in themselves and they can't be open with with their wife or partners or friends, yeah. then maybe go to the doctor and explain how you're feeling. I mean, it's in a room. Doctors can't. No one's going to know, you know. But get it off your chest. Speak to your doctor. Um, and if they advise you to take the tablets, take them. You've got nothing to lose, you yeah. know. Take them for at least a good couple of months. It takes. I think it takes about three or four weeks to get in your system. Yeah. And I felt weird when I was started. But then it, it was working. And it worked for a good couple of years. Five, four, is it one five. of those things that you need to believe it's going to work for it to work? Not really. Or is it, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, not really. Um, I mean, it worked for me. It needed to do what it, it was doing. I think with the whole traumatic to, to meet an Abbey, which was good, and I was in a good place, you know, it was good, life was good, you know, I was walking, um, doctor said it would take three and a half years to walk, I'd done it in six weeks, I was so determined, you know, I'd have a, uh, a, a walker stick for the rest of my life, yeah. you know, I got rid of that in a year, it, it's... Why yeah. do you think you did that, by the way? Why? How? How did you do I it? I had a good woman. Yeah? Oh, big time. She, 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 yeah, I think that, that gave me hope again. So what's, what, what's Abby bought to you? What she bought to me? Just found myself, you know. Uh, with, with, I mean, she wouldn't have liked the old Craig. You know, we wouldn't, it's weird because we never crossed paths, even though we were hanging around with the sort of same people. Yeah. We never crossed paths. Um, just her positive and just the way she was. She never, she never treated me as a disabled person. And I think that was the big, big thing for me. Um, and she just made me smile, happy and... Yeah, and she's given me two beautiful children. What more could you ask for? So when when did you know from when she was doing your physio to obviously you getting on well, spending time together as friends and stuff? When did you know or you feel hmm, something in this or potentially there's you know when she come down to see me in Oxford? Okay, I mean you don't just so really she made the first move that move to come down. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I wouldn't have took it. You know, I did she even... like you before that? Has she ever opened up about? Uh, about that yeah she's always yeah she has she, she had feelings why she was because she'd come in she'd be hung over yeah. uh, I'll be eating I'll give her a slice of toast do you know yeah, what I mean yeah. so we, we built up quite a so yeah she said you know it was quite quickly that she yeah. she found me attractive which you know I'm definitely punching but you know <laughs> for her to be interested with someone that weren't walking at the time you know and a 20 year old girl that, that takes a lot because some girls can be Quite shallow, but so can boys. I'm not just saying it. Women. Yeah. Um, so to me, that 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 helped me massively. So what was going through your head when she came to see you? I was amazed. It was yeah. She she. Uh, so I didn't have my legs. So we were in a wheelchair and we went out for dinner. And it was always that. Do I kiss her? Do I not? Do I? Kiss? It felt like I was a school kid again. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that what excitement, I mean? yeah. Yeah. So um, we had we had a little kiss. It was nice. Not a full, you know, proper like. Ugh. Where'd you go? Uh, so we went to a go pub out? in Oxford. I don't know what the pub called. Um, Didn't go for a Mackey's first date then, or no, no, <laughs> probably a pub meal. Bit of class, yeah, yeah, bit of class, bit of class there. Um, yeah, went for a nice meal, and I think we were just playing games on my phone. I think it was deal or no deal at the time. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it was, it was nice, and yeah, it, she, she, she was, she's my rock, and she's always well. I mean, she does so much more than your average you know because my bowls is just taking over my life and she has the kids she never gets any time away i mean we went on a, f a first date night no date lunch a couple of weeks ago first time in a long time because um started getting babysitters going out together 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, once the Commonwealth, I think as a family, we're going to go and have a nice holiday and do family stuff. And I can sort of take a bit of a step back from bowls, concentrate. Do you think she ever has times where she struggles? Uh, or is she a bit like a duck? A duck on the water? Just yeah, she's quite hardcore. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah she, she's, she's hardcore. And I think, I hope she'd tell me if she's feeling feeling down. I do try and ask and stuff. Maybe I should try a, a bit more. But it's, it's so easy to get wrapped in everything I'm doing and, and, and stuff like that. But um, she's always supportive. And yeah, she, she, she's a good one. Sounds like she's important. Oh, very, very important. important. Oh, yeah, big time. Good. Good mum? Oh, she's amazing mum. Absolutely, yeah. She took them to London yesterday. Yeah. Um, they enjoyed it. I was, what was I doing? I was doing something. I had the bowls. Yeah. So I had all that. And obviously walking around London, I, you know, on my feet for that long, I'd, I'd probably struggle. Yeah. But she went with other friends, so she's got that sort of life as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, which is nice. And then I've got my bowls and my friends. So you, know, so you mentioned it, bowls is prevalent in your life at the moment you've got you, you're doing it a lot obviously with the with the upper so pretty much you mentioned you sort of fell into bowls from a, is it a friend of a friend that sort of said why don't you come down or family member wasn't it, it said yeah. come down so how were you in your first session uh were you good were I you, bad. Were you not very good not not great but i weren't bad yeah um but it only took me well i had to learn how to because obviously uh normal people when they bowl they feet together and then they step out and, and do it. I yeah. can't do that. So I had to sort of try and figure out how my stance is. So I started like bowling underneath my legs. Yeah. But over the years, I've changed my stance like that. Yeah. So I'm more sturdy on my legs and then bowl between my legs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I picked it up really quickly and I got, I got really good. Do you think you're a natural? Yeah. 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 Is it something you've had to really, I know you practice, must practice a heck of a lot. A lot of hours, but is it something that you've had to really work on to get good? Well, yeah, because I mean, I was right-handed before, so okay, yeah. learning with my left hand, it was totally. I mean, if I would have played bowls before my accident, I don't think I would have carried it on because yeah. obviously losing your right arm. Yeah, because I didn't know any different. You starting from scratch. I started from scratch, and See, that makes it makes the achievement even even greater. Really, you know, you start yeah. completely. It's like learning a language, going to a different country and starting Pretty from scratch. Much. It's like you're having to actually learn not just how to bowl, but how to operate yeah. with another with with an arm that you've not used really as your yeah. prominent one. Yeah, I mean it, is, it was strange at first. I mean, my rehabilitation when I was putting the legs on, they taught me to cook in the kitchen and and stuff like that. So you know, I've got little gadgets like uh, a big board that I've got spikes on so I stick a potato and I could build so yeah. I love cooking um, yeah. it's something that it made me feel normal yeah yeah you know what I mean um, what's your go to what's the go to meal what's the go to recipe I roast dinner like a roast dinner oh 100% comfort food you're all a day. gravy bloke yeah <laughs> do a lamb in a slow cooker yeah crisp it off in the oven use all the juice for the gravy make homemade Yorkshire puddings nice yeah yeah mint sauce in the gravy as well Mate, you're making my belly go now. Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't eaten this morning no, yet. Why? No, why? I had a bit of toast, I think. Well, mate, in a few weeks you'll have to uh, you'll have to drop me a drop me a message and uh, invite you out. We'll, have, we'll, have, we'll have one of these famous roast dinners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> do you I'm... do a lot of the cooking then, or does Abby do quite no, a bit? No, I do or... all the cooking. Do you? Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. It's something that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, you know, we, she does most of the house cleaning and stuff like that, but I'll do all the like fresh cooking and stuff. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, sometimes it's easier to just get stuff out of the free freezer and throw it in if we ain't got the time. But yeah, yeah I like to do. I mean, at the minute, I'll put on a, a sausage casserole. Yeah. So nice. we'll have that tonight. It's got uh, baby sweet corn, monge too. I thought we were going to have to cut this bit out because my other half, Sophie, will be like, why aren't you doing all this sort of stuff? <laughs> I'm at home and uh, you're working and uh, you no, should I be know. at home doing sausage casseroles yeah, and stuff. Yeah, slow cooker's so brilliant. You literally bung everything in and it's done. Yeah. And that's cooking over the, you know, for five, Job six Job done hours. while you're working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. All right. So in, in terms of Commonwealth then, so... Mm. You got. You mentioned before you got picked, and then you know you kind of had to change where you were playing bowls locally and stuff like that. So, yeah. talk to me about the whole experience of being involved with with bowls at a higher level now, like with England and stuff. I mean, it must be a bit of a roller coaster. You mentioned you're doing a lot of media stuff as well. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Well, at a minute, what the media stuff yeah, at the minute? What you're yeah. Doing so now, yeah. Um, obviously, with, with mental health, is is a big, 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 you know. Um, Topic at the minute. Obviously, Northampton they've done the Headfest, which I went to, yeah. um, which went really well. Uh, and with with the bowls and, and that, it sort of worked together. Another bloke got older me and said, "Will you be an ambassador for a charity?" Um, my partner in it. You know, I've got a lot of stuff that I want to put out there, so I'll meet yeah. up with him next week. Um, I've got Sport Beat meeting me on Monday filming me for when I get up yeah, with the kids the wife um, me going to sandwich land because I do that every Monday yeah. I'll have a coffee and a, a pastry or I'll have an omelette with cheese and you beans have to put out your best undies and best pair of socks no holes yeah, yeah definitely well socks get on the I, case. I've been wearing these socks for about a year mate yeah. so yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good thing about having fake that's feet. it mate you know, they're not going to smell in there I only change them when they start squeaking because I know <laughs> their holes have got okay, in the yeah, bottom yeah. so um so they're doing a lot of filming. Um, radio station, obviously, I was on on that talking about the same thing with you. So, and this, stuff. so it's a bit of a media roller coaster at the minute, given you know you talking about your journey, mental health, and obviously probably utilising that fact that you're going to be representing your country. It's a a cracking, interesting journey. Yeah, yeah. From from there to where you are now. So, do you think that's going to continue in the future? I hope think, so. Yeah. yeah, I hope so. Um, I think it's going to open a lot of doors for me. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I can't see in the future, but you know, I, I win that gold medal or a medal. I think it's going to, yeah, it's going to open a lot of things for me. I think, and um, yeah, a lot of good's going to come out of it. I think. I got a question for you. So, from the accident to now, what do you think's been your biggest achievement? Let's say your top three, and you had to list them in order. Biggest achievement? Oh uh, wow, uh, my children, obviously. Massive achievement for Tip me. That box. Yeah. Uh, obviously, meeting the wife. Yeah. Uh, marrying box her as well. well. And then representing my country for the Commonwealth Games is just up there as well. But yeah, yeah, fa- fa- family obviously first. So if you had to order them, no, go on. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not answering. That. Sit on that fence for a little bit longer. <laughs> uh, no, if I had to put that in order, it'd have to be the wife. Because if it weren't for the wife, I wouldn't have the kids. And if it weren't for that background and everything, I wouldn't be where I am yeah. now so if I had to put it in order wife children bowls so you're not sitting on the fence there you go no, there's I a bit of logic behind it and then I thought you know what? No, that's the, yeah. putting her at the top and the fact that you're cooking Sunday dinners and food and stuff she's a lucky you said you're a lucky man but she sounds like a lucky woman as well so. well, well she, I don't know if she'd say that or not. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a different depends who's asking yeah, yeah 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> so what do you think What's the future hold for you now then? So you've got obviously the Commonwealth. When's that kicking off? 
so the open ceremony is the 28th of July. 28th of July. So not yeah. far then. No, so. it's, it's literally ticking away. What sort of preparations are you doing for it? Uh, literally going for roll-ups. I mean, I, I play in county, national, club comps and other leagues. So I'm literally playing three or four times a week. Um, yeah. Constant. Um, and then I'm over in Kettering every Tuesday for a league that they've set up. So not something I normally do, but there's some good players and, and, and Kieran's over there. So it's building that friendship even more stronger. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it literally, I mean, it's been nice because last week I played Tuesday and I hadn't played all week until yesterday. So that week off done me the world of good. I okay. absolutely had a stalking game yesterday. Yeah. Me and Bob, uh, which was a pair competition. So absolutely smashed it. But yeah, just just training and focusing really um, on stuff. Uh, I think next training sessions. So I'm in a big competition next week um, over in Kettering. So it's me, uh, Michelle White, who's got spine and She plays. She's in the Commonwealth game. Okay. And Kieran. So we're playing as a triple. Okay. So That'd be interesting. Four, yeah. Which we're going to be called. Cripple, triple, triple, cripple, triple, cripple. Sorry, triple, <laughs> cripple. Who um, came up with that? Yeah, that's you. No, no, no? She, uh, uh, Michelle did actually. Yeah, yeah, she can get away with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, meeting people like that, you know, they were told she'd be in a wheelchair for the rest of her life, you know, yeah. um, and she's proved them wrong. And she's such a strong, strong character, even though she's having demons in herself, which we're talking. You know, she's openly talked. She's such a strong woman. Um, more stronger than she she thinks, you know. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, just constantly practice, playing. practice, practice at the minute. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. What yeah. do you see after that then? So we obviously don't know. You don't know what the result's going to be. No. You're hoping for gold. to do really well, and you want gold. Cool. Let's say you know whatever the result is. What what do you think is out there for the future for you? Um. What are your goals? And well, a lot of charity work is going to come up. Obviously, I'm going to start doing a lot of charity work. Um, you know, I've been speaking to, to someone and um, he's been doing all the hard work, all the fundraising, the money goes to the charity, it's not getting spent on how it should be getting spent, it's going to the top people and yeah. that's not right. Yeah. So we've decided if we, we're going to sort something out where we do it as a charity, if a charity asks us for help for equipment and stuff like that, we then get the equipment for them so yeah. we know exactly where the money's where the going, money's being where spent, it's yeah. getting spent. So I think that's going to be my next goal. I mean, you've got the championships next Are you going to keep year. playing bowls if you win gold? Yeah, Are you yeah, you going to keep doing it? That's not something you're looking to just kind of achieve no, something? No, and no, then, no, no. I'll, I'll carry on. Yeah, because yeah. that, that's a big part of my uh, my yeah. life now. Um, I prefer outdoor than indoor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll be flat out indoor again. So yeah, it's just, yeah, my, my wife calls herself a bowls widow, you know, Um but it's, it's, it's trying to fit all the timing and doing it and then obviously spending it with my family and juggling everything to to do right. So, yeah, it's all, all good. So if you're speaking to... If there's one thing you could speak... So when you were, I don't know, before your accident, mm. let's say you were 24, 25, weren't you, before your accident, if there's one thing you could tell that younger self now with everything you've experienced and you know over the last 20 years... 19, 20 years. Yeah. If there's one thing, one bit of advice you could give to your younger self, 
from all your experience in hindsight what would you give probably to be open and talk about your feelings don't bottle them up because later in life it will it will destroy you and it nearly did me um, and if I could turn back the clocks and talk I mean it's a difficult one because where I was such in a bad place it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me but I'm not advising people to go and do that because obviously you know um, but I've changed my life around for the better um, but the younger me would say definitely seek help and speak to even a mate or even a doctor just to open up your feelings you know uh, with the David thing I ain't talked really much about that even talking to you sort of it's taken away off my shoulder and it's made me feel a bit better in myself so even if you don't think it's going to help it really does you know and so those people that feel that talking they don't have the confidence to do it or they don't feel it's going to help or it's not going to change the situation people that are listening to this when this goes out they're listening to it now in a bad place or contemplating suicide or they're, they're in a really negative depressed state you know what would be the words of wisdom for those guys if they're feeling that way well, hopefully they'd seek help. You know, it's, 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 they need to go and see their doctor. Make your first move and go and see the doctor and talk about why you're depressed and what has gone gone on to make you feel like that. Or even write it down. You don't even have to talk to anyone. Write down your feelings on a bit of paper and tick off what 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 is triggered off. Like you you interviewing me. You know what triggered this stuff off. Maybe do that and write it out in front of you, and then hopefully seek help where it needed. Yeah. Good. Okay, so if anyone wants to sort of reach out to you and touch base, I know you're doing a bit more on social media now yep. and and um, different different bits that you're doing. So on, on Facebook and Twitter and different things that you mentioned before. So if someone wants to reach out and um, open up a bit of conversation with yeah. you, ask any questions about your experiences from the podcast yep. or what you've been doing or what you're going to be, you know, sounds like you've got some really exciting stuff coming up with your charity work. Obviously your, your bowls playing for England and I'm sure everyone that's listening and watching this We'll wish you the best of luck on that and I think you come across really driven and um, and really um, definitive on what you want to achieve and what you want to do you've got some genuine goals and aspirations and you know coming off off the pod I think that you know I don't know about bowls don't know about people that you're playing against or whatever but what I do know is you're very determined and you've shown throughout your life that you've got a determination to succeed and and beat the odds. And yeah. um, I wouldn't put it this way. If I was a betting man, which I, I used to be, but I'm not very good. Um, yeah. If I was a betting man, I'd, I'd definitely put a tenner on you because I think that mentality-wise, you can tell you enjoy it. You've you've defeated the odds before, and you know without even seeing you bowl a single bowl, like yeah. it sounds like you've got it all to play for. You know, wish you the best. So if anyone wants to reach out and open up a conversation with you, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter. At Bowler Craig seventy eight, yeah, or ping me a message through Messenger, which is obviously Facebook Messenger, and I'm under Craig Bowler, so ping me a message and and we go from from there. You're feeling down or or just want to speak to someone? um, Yeah, I'm I'm there for you, and I'll uh, I'll speak to you. No problem. Perfect. Well, thanks for your time coming on, then, mate. Appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. No worries.